Welcome to the Normal Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Whipple. On today's episode, we're talking to Erica T. about the births of her two boys. Erica's story includes several narratives that are familiar to most of us, including overcoming breastfeeding challenges and postpartum depression and anxiety. I'm sure you will find her story to be insightful, graceful, and as always, normal. Hello, Erica. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. Thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, of course. Tell me a little bit about your children. Uh, so I have two two children. Uh, one, Grant, is my eldest. He is three. Uh, he turned three in November. And then I have Spencer, who just turned one in March. So he's 13 months old. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of getting into things. And footnote, um, if I ask anything you don't want to answer, we can just pass. That's not a problem. Let's start with getting pregnant. Was that a plan? Was it a problem? Um, Anything significant in there? Uh, For both, they were both planned, very strategically planned. I'm very much a type A person. And so when the decision to have the babies were made between my husband and I, I, I mean... (laughs) I was very strategic about it. I got the ovulation strips. I did. I mean, like I went straight, straight to that very methodological, um, option and it did not take long. Fortunately. Um, I was really blessed in that for both Grant and Spencer. We got pregnant right away. I think Grant, I think it was within two cycles and Spencer was one. Okay. Um, I will say, I think had I not been tracking and I, tracking my ovulation and doing the app and doing the test strips. It, it, I mean, who knows, but, um, I was very, very OCD about it. <laughs> um, how did you feel about those strips? Cause I, I hear mixed opinions on, on them. I mean, I thought they were great, uh, but they also worked for me. Yeah. Um, I, I also think it was really important that I knew my body really well beforehand, mm-hmm. Um, I had been on birth control for most of my adult life, but I had been, I went off of it about six months prior, knowing that the future was to plan for children. And so I became really aware and attuned to my body and how it was changing and and that sort of thing. So, um, I, I think that actually really helped. I mean, there were moments I would look at an ovulation strip and be like, I, I don't know what I'm seeing, but I think I know what I'm seeing because of all of these other factors. Um, but, um, yeah, I've heard mixed signals too, but they worked for us. So, um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that first positive pregnancy test. Um, I went from being, I mean, I was, incredibly over the moon happy but I was also like oh shit (laughs) like this is real Mm -hmm. um I also then took another and then another and then I had Greg go out and buy another brand and then I took (laughs) another and then I took I mean I was very I don't know I just couldn't believe my eyes I think I was sort of in disbelief for yeah. most of it until I went to that first doctor's appointment. That's, that's pretty common. Did they do a blood test at that point? They didn't. I called, um, and I said, Hey, I, I just took a pregnancy test and it was positive. And they're like, okay, cool. We'll see you, um, at six or eight weeks. I can't remember, mm-hmm. um, maybe eight weeks to do an ultrasound to confirm the pregnancy, but I never went in and did a blood test. No, okay. which I've heard a lot of people do. So I sort of felt like, Oh, <laughs> Can I not have one of those? Maybe if I had asked, but I know never got one. So, I mean, that was pre-COVID, right? Grant was pre-COVID, yes. So with, with Spencer, did was that first appointment any different? Um, it was in that we were not, I was not allowed to have any guests with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ultrasound, I was allowed to have a a support person, which okay. was really great. Like, um, I will say I had two different OBs between pregnancies. My mm-hmm. OB from Grant reti- had retired. Okay. Um, so he referred me to another practice. And so, um, 
I sort of went in not knowing what to expect at all. Um, and that was what one thing I was very fearful of is, okay, I've done this before. So, but I still want him to be part of that experience as far as the ultrasounds go. Yeah. And he was, um, I mean, you know, they did the whole temp check and, and things, but yes, he was able to go to all the ultrasounds, which was awesome. That is um, wonderful. Yes. Yes. So many well, people were not that lucky. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, it helped too. They, that particular practice had a ultrasound in like, they had an, um, a room in their practice, mm -hmm. which my OB with Grant did not, I had to go to a different facility for it. Um, and I had then since heard that they had more stringent rules about yeah. support people coming. So, um, anyway. that's understandable. Yeah. So how, how did the pregnancy go? Uh, with Grant, mm -hmm. it was fairly easy. Thankfully, I had some slight morning sickness, but all in all, it was, I mean, I, it was, I was so incredibly blessed that it was an easy pregnancy in terms of no major symptoms, no, no major, I mean, outside of like the heartburn and maybe slight back pain, I had ligament pain pretty bad there towards the end. Um, so I had to wear all the support, um, belly and KT tape and everything to hold yeah. <laughs> that up. Um, and that was pretty, pretty brutal, but, um, all in all looking back and I was even, I was going through my journal. It was a fairly easy pregnancy Spencer. Um, I was convinced he was a girl because he, I, he, I mean, the morning sickness was awful, like yeah. awful. Um, and my skin was different. So like with Grant, I broke out really bad. I had really bad cystic acne. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my, I got sunburned really bad all the time. I mean, I have, I'm fair complected anyway, but it's just like, my skin was so much more sensitive with Spencer and none of that, like my skin, my nails, my hair never looked better than when I was pregnant. <laughs> um, but I was sick, like a dog, I was sick as a dog. Um, so that was unfortunate. That was, that sucked. Um, that's why I was convinced he was a girl because the pregnancy was just so different. Yeah. And there's the old wives tale that the sicker you are, uh, that's a, that's a girl baby. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The food aversions was wild. Like I, yeah, I couldn't, there was, I'd hardly could eat anything but pretzels for a long, long time. Oh goodness. Yeah. What, so. what things were you able to eat? What were your favorites? That's a great question. No, no meat, no meat for a long time. Um, I couldn't even think about meat. <laughs> uh, I wanted to throw up. Um, but like a lot of carbs, a lot of starchy white carb. Yeah. Uh, pretzels, bread, um, not really dairy. I couldn't do dairy. Yeah. yeah I would, I would say I stuck a lot to like the bread. Yeah. Things that are soft on your stomach, easy to digest. Yeah. And salty yeah. things that were very salty. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so let's start with Grant going into labor. About how far along were you? Uh, I was 40 weeks and three days. Yeah. Let me look. Yes. 40 weeks. So I was three days late with him. Um, and of course my OB was out of town when I went into labor, which was a whole thing, <laughs> but, um, yes, I went into the 40 week appointment. Um, and he had told me, you know, look, like we'll do this check. And he did, he did the cervical check. He's like, you don't look like you're going anywhere. Yeah. I'm going to run a marathon in Florida this weekend. So just <laughs> don't go into labor um, until then. Um, otherwise I'll talk to you at your 41 week appointment and we'll talk about induction at that point. Okay. Um, of course, three days later, <laughs> the weekend that he's running the marathon, I, uh, start feeling contractions, which I didn't actually understand or think that they were contractions mm -hmm. at first, but that was about 3am. Like right in the middle of the night, I woke up thinking I just had really bad indigestion. Yeah. Um, and got up, went to the bathroom, came back, sort of fell back asleep. Then I was having the same 
feelings again. And I'm like, okay, I'm sensing, I started sensing the pattern. Yeah. Um, so I labored at home probably until let's see, uh, 6 AM. Um, yeah, once they, once they start getting closer together, probably about five, I woke my husband up and I said, I, th- I think this is labor <laughs> feeling pretty bad. Um, so we went to the hospital around 6 AM that morning. Um, and funny story as we were going through that parking lot. So, um, most parking garages, as you know, in hospitals, they have the speed bumps. Just, yeah. Um, I told my husband, I was like, please, please, please just go as slow as you can. I mean, the contractions were getting pretty yeah, intense intense. at that point. And, um, he was going, so, I, I mean, I felt bad. He was trying his hardest to go slow and he hit one speed bump. And I mean, my water broke and it went <laughs> right in the parking lot of the hospital. And I was like, well, I think that was my water. Yeah. This is for sure happening. <laughs> for sure happening. So, um, when I got into the OB triage, I told, I mean, the pain went from probably to like a three and four to a whopping, like on a pain scale of 10 to like an eight. I mean, it was pretty bad once that water broke pretty immediately after the water break or did yes, it kind of ramp up? Okay. I would say pretty immediately. Um, and the contractions got really close or a lot closer together at that point too. It just sort of picked up speed. Um, so when I went into OB triage, they were really great. I mean, I did the pre-check-in and everything, so they didn't waste a whole lot of time and it was early enough that they weren't that busy. So they were able to get me into OB triage to confirm that I, my water had broke and that I was in labor. And then they wheeled me off in labor delivery. <clears throat> that sounds, I mean, pretty, pretty straightforward as far as so that goes. It was um, straightforward. Yeah. So you strike me as the kind of person who would have a birth plan. Yeah. What was all that birth plan? What was important to you? I, you know, I, (laughs) I went into both pregnancies with no birth, no real birth plan other than I wanted the epidural. Okay. And that was, that was my birth plan. And to have, well, I, let me, let me back up a little bit with Grant. I, I had preferences. So like I wanted to go into labor Mm-hmm. as naturally I didn't want to be induced unless I, unless I had to, unless it was recommended. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously I wanted it to be a vaginal birth if, but I also sort of went in knowing like being okay with the fact that if these things didn't happen, I'd be okay with them. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have like a birth. I never wrote out a birth plan. I never did any of that. It was just, I, <laughs> I know I want that epidural. And I want to have that, I want to have a healthy baby. And those were the two major things. And so, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I had preferences, but nothing that I wasn't willing to, I I wasn't willing to cave on if, if my health or the baby's health, um, warranted it. Yeah, that's fair. Did you do any kind of, um, book reading or classes or anything like that leading up to it? Oh yeah. We, I read several books. Um, of course I can't think of any of them now off the top of my head, but I did. And then I, we did take a class for grant. I didn't do any classes with Spencer. Obviously they didn't have any available, um, in person anyway for Spencer since that was pandemic. But, um, with grant, we did, we did a class at the hospital. Um, just, it was a week long weekend long course. It was very long. It was a long weekend. It was like eight hours, Saturday and Sunday going over everything. And they gave us a tour of the hospital and what to expect in labor and delivery. And then what to expect after labor and delivery and, um, how to care for the baby, what they didn't touch on a whole lot or that I wish that they had is breastfeeding. Yeah. And I know that there's a completely separate class for that, but we did not take it. And that that's my biggest regret is not taking that class. Okay. Did you know going in that you wanted to breastfeed? Yes. Okay. Yes. That sounds yeah. like a pretty strong preference. It was. Um, yes, it was. I, I don't know why, um, but it just, 
I don't know. I think, I think I had this expectation for myself that it was going to be pretty easy and that wasn't actually the case. So, um, and I felt so unprepared for it. I think I spent so much time preparing for everything else. And then when the breastfeeding happened, it was, it was a shit show. Sorry for the language. It was not, it was not great. It's not great. Um, so we will get to that. I definitely want to want to cover that part. Um, but let's get into you. You went through triage. They went ahead and admitted you. Um, at that point, were you using any kind of contraction timers or, or anything like that? Do you know how far or how dilated you were? I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. All I all I remember is as soon as they wheeled me back into labor and delivery, they went ahead and started the epidural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I labored for a while. I mean, it was like probably 8 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m. by the time I went into labor delivery. And I probably labored until 2 p.m. that afternoon. Okay. Um, so for things happening so quickly in the morning, things definitely slowed down once that epidural um, came. And I, and I think maybe probably that had a lot to do with it. Okay. Um, but it was also a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of sat there and hung out. I, I will say I had some side effects to the epidural. I had really, I, I shook really bad. Oh, um, okay. almost, almost like, um, I don't know, like almost like you're really, really cold and you can't get warm was almost how that was. Because at first I thought that's what was happening. And I asked my husband and my best friend who was in the room with me, um, I was like, can you turn on the heat? Like I'm cold. I mean, I was shaking really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and then at one point my best friend really got worried because I was like holding onto the railing because I couldn't steady myself. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go talk to the nurse really quickly. Cause I just don't think that this is, this isn't right. Yeah. And, uh, so she, she brought the nurse in and the nurse is like, Oh, that's a side effect of the epidural. You're just, your body's sort of in a shock mode right now. There's a lot happening. Yeah. It should subside shortly. Um, and it did, but I mean, it was a minute, it was an hour before I probably like it got through my system and I was, my system was able to like stop shaking um, to it. Yeah. That was, yeah. Looking back, I, I was not look. I was really worried about having that side effect with Spencer, but as we'll delve into, it did not happen. That was not, that was not an issue. So. Okay. Um, so at, at what point did they say, you know, everything's ready to go. Let's start pushing. That was a, a probably a 2 PM. Um, okay. I was fully dilated the OB on call, um, had come and introduced himself, met me for the first time. And man, I'm glad I didn't have a birth plan. I really think I would have freaked out had I just met my OB, this OB for the first time. But at that point point, I was just like, let's just do this. Let's just, I don't know. He had a very good, I I felt he had a great demeanor about him where I was just like, I think we could, we got this. Um, But I remember asking him about how long do people usually push? Like, just give me a ballpark answer. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I mean, I've seen people push anywhere from two minutes to two hours. But after about two hours, we start using different interventions. And I'm like, okay, all right, I got this. And uh, it took all of the two hours. All of the two hours. All of the two uh, um. We got right about the two hour mark and he asked me, he looked up and he's like, do you want me to start using some aids, some assistance? Mm-hmm. And I, and I said, give me about 15 more minutes. Okay. And if I can't do this in 15 more minutes, then yes, I want you to help. Yeah. help. Um, and that was about my limit. I thought at that point, like that, I think I can do 15 more minutes of this. And that, that's um, about it. Were you pretty tired at that point? Exhausted absolutely exhausted. Um, I, gosh, it was like, I mean, talk about like some of the slowest hours and also the fastest hours of your life. That's what that was. Um, so he was, like I said, I started pushing around two and he was born at four Oh seven. 
p.m. So tell me about what, what kind of care you were receiving in that moment. Were you um, having any ice chips? What was your husband doing? He, God bless him. He was coaching <laughs> me really well, you know, holding my hand. Yes. Getting me all the ice chips. Um, this was pre COVID. So I had, you know, my best friend was in the room. Um, my grandparents who I grew up with, um, they did not, they don't live with us. They're, they're out of towners. So by that point they had made it. Um, so this was all before pushing, but they had made a quick appearance. Yeah. Um, so my husband was doing a lot of like texting them updates down in the waiting room and that sort of thing. Um, the nurses were wonderful. I can't get over how wonderful the nurses were, That's great. um, very encouraging. And, uh, they brought a lot of humor and lightness to a very stressful situation, which <laughs> yeah. I was thought I wasn't going to make it <laughs> pushing that long, but, um, yeah, I'll never forget. One of the nurses looked and she, she was like, oh my gosh, he has hair. And that I just, that was one of the most special moments. I don't know why it just, I tear, I mean, I tear up now thinking about it, but that's a great feeling. Like the first time anybody sees anything yes. about your child and you get to experience that. I can't believe like, that's such a cool job for a nurse. Like the nurse yeah. gets to see some of the first, well, instead so of the OB, but you know, the OB is working and very concentrated on yeah. doing a safe delivery. And, um, anyway, yeah, it was wonderful. So you have your baby. Um, yeah. what was that? Did you get a goal an hour or what was that first little bit like? Yeah. So we did, um, we did, uh, contact, um, pretty immediately. However, um, I spiked a fever, okay. uh, right towards the end there. Um, I was getting really, really nauseous. Um, so they had to get that fever under control. Yeah. I actually went back and looked in my medical records, um, and in grants, they, he had, I can't remember, I couldn't really figure out quite what it was, but he was having trouble either. It wasn't that he was having trouble breathing, but they couldn't quite get a regular heart rate out read from him. Okay. So, um, we had to get that under control, but they just did. We did a lot of like, um, I'm losing the word here. We just did a lot of like, I'm losing the word he's laying on me the skin to skin thank you skin to skin yeah we just did a lot of skin to skin and they had to monitor it for a while so I, we were sitting on labor delivery for a hot minute why they got that under control um okay. once my fever sort of died down and his heart rate they were able to get a good heart rate from him um that's good yeah 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 it all happened so fast and I think that I was so deliriously yep. tired and happy that he was born, that I missed a lot of all of that. It wasn't until afterwards that Greg was like, well, I mean, there was some not ish. I mean, I wouldn't say that they were serious issues, but there were some concerning things that they needed to monitor, which is mm -hmm. why we sat there for a while, but, and why I don't think I got to breastfeed right away because they kept taking him and reading you know, doing more um, tests and doing more tests and that sort of thing. And then laying him back on me and then, you know, um, so I didn't get to breastfeed him right away. Um, okay. not that I would have known what I was doing because anyway, that was the whole thing, but do you remember anything about delivery of placenta or who cut the cord at that point? Yeah. My husband cut the cord. He, I remember him being like, this is so squishy. Is what he said. <laughs> um, <sighs> And I'm like, yeah, I bet it's squishy. Uh, I clearly, I was not listening in this class that we took, but I, for some reason I had in my mind that you had to push out the placenta, but, um, no, I remember the doctor's like, no, just, just chill. We're going to massage it. And it, it fell out. Um, it was a lot easier to deliver that than I thought in my head it was going to be, which was so nice given how long I had to push for the last two hours. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think I, I did tear, but it was, let's see, I wrote it down somewhere. Yeah. So I had one second degree vaginal laceration. Okay. Um, which I'm sort of, I still am shocked at for how long I had to push, but 
maybe yeah. i don't know <laughs> do you do you remember what the healing process was like for that um yeah it was the pain mm-hmm. actually didn't last all that long but i bled for a significant like i probably had postpartum bleeding for past six weeks which yeah, my ob was a little concerned about so i had to see him um one other time just to see if there was something lingering um but the pain was relatively um easy um i think the biggest issue i had was i had really bad back and pelvic pain okay. from all of the pushing yeah um that took the longest time to heal um as far as like the soreness but well in your body and your ligaments have to kind of snap back into shape yeah had to yeah. buy one of those donut cushions mm-hmm. a lifesaver <laughs> um so tell me about your postpartum period what sticks out to you the most um what sticks out to me the most i think well so many things one of the biggest things is how unnatural breastfeeding was for me um and how much of a struggle that was um i had what i thought was incredibly severe baby blues and anxiety um just like hormone fluctuations mood swings particularly because grant well, and Spencer too, they both really had high bilirubin levels okay. when they were born. Yeah. So we had to do extra stays in the hospital under the bilirubin light and extra visits to the pediatrician's office, extra heel pricks, um, extra testing to get that jaundice mm-hmm. under control. Um, I remember being so well, mentally and physically exhausted, yeah. but also just absolutely like beside myself and overwhelmed with the anxiety of whether or not my baby was going to be okay. Yeah. And convinced that he was not going to be. Um, Was it in what way, like health wise or like crib safety or all of it? Oh my gosh. All of it. It started with the Billy Rubin and the jaundice. Right. But when he got home, when I, when we brought him home, it was yes crib safety worried that one of the animal like the cat was going to jump in his bassinet and suffocate him it was worried that i wouldn't wake up like i wouldn't wake up to him crying and he would vomit and then die you know die of aspiration or aspiration yeah or i mean you name a fear and i like i felt it to a degree that was while I think is normal for first mothers and mother, well, and mothers, of, it doesn't matter if it's your first time, but it was so much that I had trouble sleeping. I had trouble thinking about anything else. A lot of just, it was impacting my relationship with my husband. It was impacting my just relationship with myself and not thinking that I was equipped to do this or I could do it or feeling like, is this even worth it? Because I, like, I'm, I was fully convinced that I was going to harm this baby, not because I wanted to, but because something was going to happen. And sometimes it was logical. And sometimes it was illogical. Like there were moments I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd say, Greg, like, are the garage door, my husband, Greg, are the garage doors closed? Because I had in my head, I was convinced that someone would come through the garage door, break in and steal my baby. Yeah. Um, convinced of it. And he'd be like, they're closed. And I'm like, okay, well, I need you to get up and check. And I would not let, like, I would not let it go. Okay. And then I would, he would be like, they're closed. And I'm like, did you check all the doors? Did you check all of them? Are they all locked? Are they all locked? Did you, you know, are all the, it's just, are the porch, is the porch light on? Um, things like that. So it came from very much of safety, but also the health because the Billy Rubin, you know, like, and you, you start doing the dooms Googling, the doomsday Googling. And, um, while the jaundice is a fairly common thing and very treatable, I was convinced that we weren't taking it seriously or enough, or, um, that the yellowing wasn't disappearing quickly enough and that I needed to be concerned about other factors. Uh, additionally, 
I talk a lot about the breastfeeding, but um, he ended up having a dairy and soy intolerance. Okay. And so there was that component as well, like him not gaining weight. Mm-hmm. Do I need a supplement? Do I need to um, need, you know, I need to do all this elimination diet. Yeah. What's working, what's not working, constantly like investigating poop and then Googling poop and worried about his poop and not sleeping because what if he's, I don't, you know, what if he wakes up screaming because he has blood in his stool? I mean, all of these things were constant and never, ever ending. Okay. So that is a lot. Hmm? <laughs> um, what, what happened with this? How, did you, did you find any tools or support in that? Um, yes and no. I, I think my break was at about eight weeks postpartum. My grandmother actually passed away. Okay. Um, and so my grandmother actually, my mom had passed away when I was a little girl. And so she, my grandmother was my caregiver, my primary caregiver. Um, And so I was incredibly close to her, obviously. So when she passed away, I think that, um, that was my breaking point. That was the turning point where I was like, this is, this is too much. Like, I think I need, I think I need help. Um, and so I had called my OB, I had scheduled an appointment and I had already had issues with, I'd mentioned with the postpartum bleeding Mm -hmm. was going on too long. So it was another reason for the visit, but I had just simply told him, I said, I don't know if this is what I'm, I don't know if this is normal, but this is what I'm experiencing. Okay. And, um, I said, I don't like, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but I also know that I'm miserable. I'm, I'm miserable and I'm not enjoying the special time and I'm not bonding with my baby. Like I feel like I should. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, Erica, I'm, I'm so glad that you could tell me this and we're going to get you some help. And he did. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So he prescribed me a medication and he gave me about a 15 minute pep talk, which I really (laughs) needed to hear. And he gave me some resources for counseling and he said, no, I want to see you back in a few months to see how you're doing. And I think I will say it took me probably another two weeks before I actually started taking the medication. I just sort of just had to come to terms with the fact that like, okay, this is, this is really the thing that I'm going through. Yeah. I will say I'm forever grateful for that doctor forever grateful. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm so glad you're sharing this because I, I think it's a really common story for new moms to come in and have these kinds of anxieties. Um, and it's, it's really helpful to hear like you're not alone in this and the difference between what is considered normal and just something that will go away and something that is perhaps in need of a little more care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just being generous with yourself and allowing yourself to ask. Is so yeah. Important. Yeah. I think what's really important too is having a support person, whoever that might be Mm -hmm. to also be aware and on the lookout and knowledgeable on those things, because I think my husband started to pick up on them pretty quickly. Yeah. What was normal and what wasn't and his support. I think had I not had his support, I wouldn't have been so brave about going to my doctor and and asking him for help. Yeah. So while it's so important for mothers to know, it's also really, really important. I think for the support people to know too. Yeah. And to be aware of it. Um, I, I still think back on it and I still think like I was probably way, I was more miserable for a lot longer than I really had to be. Yeah. But, um, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's hard to know like what's quote unquote normal, right? What is just the baby blues? What is normal? (laughs) Right. What is normal? And, you know, I had a quote unquote normal pregnancy, um, and a healthy pregnancy. So it just sort of slapped me in the face when I was hit with postpartum anxiety and Mm -hmm. later postpartum depression, um, Mm -hmm. with my grandma's death. Yeah. I just, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, but so I love medication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that's wonderful. Um, so at what point did you decide, hey, I think I want to do this again? Um, probably about 18 months. Okay. 18 months. I don't know. Part of me was just like, I, I don't know. It's hilarious that I never had a birth plan, like a, a really long one, but I have a life plan and it was part of the life plan was okay. to have children close in age. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at about, about 18 months, I started like hinting at my husband, like, Hey, <laughs> you want to do this again? Um, and yeah, that, I mean, it was sort of like, well, he, I don't think he objected too much. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, 18 months seemed like a pretty decent time frame. Yeah. Uh, right at that, that age where too, like you don't have the baby baby anymore. They're definitely toddlers. Yeah. So they're starting to be a little bigger. Fever again. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you talked about getting pregnant the second time pretty easy. Was there anything that really stuck out to you about your second pregnancy? Other than just being sick a lot more sick that second time around um no he Spencer was a lot bigger than Grant and I had um maybe some extra amniotic fluid that they had to keep an eye out on um towards the end but no there wasn't anything too drastic I mean it's sort of wild how much how big your belly gets so fast the second time around I thought that was crazy I mean I felt like I was six weeks pregnant and I've was already showing. Yeah. Um, you just found out and it's like, Ooh. yeah. And the boobs. Yeah. <laughs> so was there anything that you did differently based on your first experience? Well, I definitely continued seeing a counselor through my entire pregnancy. Okay. And postpartum as well. But no, I, I, that's a great question. I don't think so. Nothing, nothing too crazy. I, like I said, my OB had, he retired, which was, mm-hmm. I was really sad about, but I switched OBs and she actually, I mean, she ended up being fantastic too. Good. Um, so the experience, well, and then, you know, I'm in, I'm in the middle of pandemic, right? So I'm incredibly cautious, not going anywhere. Vaccines aren't available. It's very, a very scary and unknown time to be yeah. pregnant. Um, but day to day, no, I'm maybe I was even more, even a little more, um, loosey goosey with like the deli meat and the caffeine and stuff. <laughs> like that. I mean, Second time around you got this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how did you know that you were in labor the second time? I was induced. Okay. So, um, they were concerned with his, how big he was getting. I think at like 36 weeks, he was weighing in at like seven pounds, eight ounces. I mean, he was getting big fast. Okay. Um, and I also had the, um, extra amniotic fluid. So at 39 weeks, I went in for an induction, okay. um, which they, which my OB and I both decided that that was the safer route. And logistically it was very helpful when you have a toddler at home, who's not allowed in the hospital during mm-hmm. COVID and you can't have family in the hospital and you need to sort of have your ducks in a row as far as who's caring for them. Um, My husband could only leave the hospital once a day. And so in in the induction, while safety was the primary thing, um, ended up being kind of a save as far as like just the planning of logistics of who's going to care for Grant. I mean, yeah. Um, so yes, 39 weeks to the day I went in at 1am for blood work. Okay. So uh, how, how did that go when you went in? What, what was that process like? Um, it was fairly easy. I mean, I went in, they did blood work. Um, they started me on, I can't remember the medication, but it was to soften my cervix. I was, my cervix was high. I was not dilated, nothing to face. I mean, I was not ready to go at all. So they gave me that medication to sort of soften things up before Pitocin. Okay. And so, um, we just sat in labor and delivery for like, oh gosh, a lot. I mean, we, we went back to sleep. They gave me the medication, um, probably about 2am, 3am and Greg and I went to sleep until six, I think is when the nurse came in and checked me and, um, then called my OB to ask if it was okay to 
to give me Pitocin. Okay. Um, and from that point, things went a little haywire. We, um, she gave me the, they gave me the Pitocin and asked if I'd like the epidural. And I said, sure, let's do it. Let's get it out of the way. Um, if things, you know, as with Pitocin does, if it's going to happen, if I'm going to start having contractions, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Give me the, give me the meds. (laughs) And, um, the anesthesiologist came in and ministered and ministered the epidural. Um, this was about six 37 and they laid me down and my water broke <laughs> and they were like, Oh, okay. Um, I had not even seen the OB at that point. She had not even come in. Um, it was still pretty early. So they... I mean, that's pretty unexpected in a, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the nurse was, and the anesthesiologist, cause that's not their, like, they were like, Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he thought I peed, but I was like, oh, I have my catheter and I don't think I peed. And maybe they, maybe he thought the catheter like came out or something. I don't know. Regardless, yeah. they did confirm my, my water broke. And, um, I was like, well, I'm feeling these contractions now. So this epidural needs to start kicking in. I, because it's starting to hurt pretty bad. Yeah. The OB came in probably around 7, 20, 7, 30 ish. Um, said, hello. She checked me and she's like, well, it makes sense why you're in a lot of pain right now. And that epidural hasn't had quite its chance to catch up. You're already seven centimeters dilated. Okay. Um, okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, and she's like, I am going to go do my rounds really quickly. And then I'm going to come back upstairs and, and check on you. Okay. Meanwhile, she said, I'm going to get the anesthesiologist back up here to, to up your epidural a little bit. Cause clearly it's just not working yeah. quite as fast as it needs to. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, the anesthesiologist, this poor anesthesiologist, he probably was like, this girl is insane. He started, um, he came in and I mean, I was like, screw, I was not, I don't handle pain very well. So yeah. I was not happy. I was not in my best place and yeah. screaming fairly loud. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> and uh, he's, I, I said, he was the only one in my room in the room beside my husband. And I was like, I think we need to get the nurse in here. And they're like, and the anesthesiologist was like, why? And I'm like, cause I have to push, like, I have to push right now. Yeah. And, uh, he goes, Oh, okay. And quickly administers the anesthesiologist and or the epidural and runs out really fast. And the nurse comes in and she's like, let me look at you. And she looks at me very fast and she goes, oh no. And runs out really fast. (laughs) Not what you want to hear. (laughs) And next thing I know, there's like three or, I mean, more people are coming in and they're getting the, um, the crib ready. Everything happens really fast at that point. And I'm like, guys, I like, I have to push, like I'm pushing, like my body is telling me I have to push. I can't not push (laughs) the OB. My sweet OB is, I mean, she sprints in the room and she's like, okay, let's do this. And within five minutes of her sitting down in front of me, he's born. So very, very fast. So I think the Pitocin was, what did I say? They administered that like 630 Mm-hmm. ish and he was born at like eight eight o'clock in the morning so it happened very quickly so very effective yes also very it very sounds effective. maybe based on the water break that your body may have been getting prepared for that anyway correct yes I think so, yeah I don't know that I needed that medication to soften the surface really got the show on the road mm-hmm. um so so what was that one like you you have this baby um Greg cut the cord again he did. He did. Um, he, I, well, like I said, he was born very, very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a new, is it a nuchal, nuchal cord wrapped yeah. around him? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little shocked and it was very unclear whether what was going on. Um, I remember the nurse being like, Oh, he's got jewelry on. And I did not like that joke at all. <laughs> and, um, the OB is like, no, no, there's no, it's without compression. It's a new yeah. without compression. No, no need to be concerned. Um, but boy, was that boy bruised broken okay. blood vessels. He had an incredibly bruised face. So it's no wonder he also had really high bilirubin. 
Okay. Um, but the fast, the very fast delivery just kind of beat him up a little bit. Yeah. Um, how was your body in the, in this situation? The epidural, since it didn't have a long time to kick in, I didn't have the shakes like I did with that first, first time with the first labor, which was really, I guess the silver lining. <laughs> um, I only had one, I think first degree tear. So a fairly blessed in that respect for as fast like mm-hmm. and gun-ho as he was to enter this world um but my body it was okay it was okay yeah um right. I don't remember anything about delivering the placenta the second time have no recollection of that um I did get to breastfeed almost immediately great um so that was a great plus. Um, yes, Greg got to cut the cord again. Much I don't think he wanted to, but <laughs> I said, look, I just gave birth to one of your kids. You gotta do, you gotta do something. <laughs> He's like, but it's squishy. <laughs> it's so squishy. <laughs> um at least he was prepared for that this time. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, yeah, so when you're getting that that breastfeeding in the first few minutes, it is kind of easy to lose track of whatever else the doctors are doing downstairs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All I remember is holding him and and nursing him. Did did he latch on pretty well? Yes. He was breastfeeding with breastfeeding Spencer was so much easier than it was with Grant. He, I think he latched better, um, which was great. Um, Grant, was not that I mean we we had to work on that um but Spencer he's never he's never had an issue eating that boy he's never <laughs> had an issue. so um yes slashed right away um nursed right away okay any yeah. kind of um supply yeah. issues or anything like that with him or allergies no no allergies thankfully um I don't know that I would have continued breastfeeding, honestly. I think the allergies and the having to eliminate so much from my diet um, was a huge component to the depression and anxiety with with Grant. So I was very much encouraged, look, like if it's not going to work out, we need to just, it's going to be okay. It'll be okay. Um, And I came to terms with that and that was cool, but he, we, we, we got it. We got it pretty quickly. So that was great. And no, no issues. Um, with both, with both boys, I had really bad engorgement. Okay. Um, and oversupply. Um, and so the, obviously that was incredibly uncomfortable. I had yeah. mastitis with Spencer twice. Oof. Okay. Um, and did you do for relief with that? Um, the Haka hot okay. showers, um, I actually, this sounds kind of gross, but I have auxiliary, I think they're called, um, um, I have milk ducts in my armpits. Okay. So when my milk came in, it looks kind of, it sounds freaky, but when my milk came in, they were coming in also in my armpits. That's fascinating. Yes. So they're called auxiliary milk ducts, I think. And it's just extra milk ducts that go all the way up because you have glands up there. Um, and so having to teach my body, no, no, we're not making milk all the way up there, <laughs> um, was a challenge. So I had to do a lot of like cabbage leaves and that sort of thing to yeah. sort of get that swelling down. Um, those, I mean, that was really painful. Um, yeah, it sort of looks like you have two small boobs on top of anyway kind of graphic but how common is that do you know I don't know um I don't know I asked my OB about it and she didn't see she didn't act like it wasn't uncommon she actually checked me for if I had like an extra nipple or anything up there Mm -hmm. um but I I didn't um she said but I just think I think that sometimes that happens. You just, you have all these glands up in your armpits and mm-hmm. sometimes you just get milk up there. Um, but if you don't, I think that was a lot of the reason why I had the mastitis is because yeah. they were getting, they were getting blocked up there. And so I had to do a lot of work to release it effectively and keep it from producing up there without mm-hmm. 
causing more issues. And then when you're trying to express quite so much, it can exacerbate the engorgement and the oversupply. Which I didn't know that with Grant. So I'm over here trying to like express as much as I can to find relief. What I didn't realize is that I was actually making it worse. Yeah. So, uh, with, with Spencer, I, I came in a lot more informed, obviously. Did you, what kind of, did you have like a lactation consultant or any kind of support or resource in that? With both kids. Yes. I, they had the lactation nurses come in and help me. Um, and they were wonderful, wonderful. Um, because I, both the babies had high bilirubin and they were under that bilirubin light. I had to do a lot of pumping right away. Um, because well, the biggest thing to get rid of bilirubin is to eat and poop, eat poop. Mm -hmm. So they want them to eat as much as possible, but they have to be under the bilirubin light. So you can't really nurse them. Yeah. So I was having to do a lot of, um, pumping and then giving, not dropping, Form, or dropping um, breast milk. I had a supplement with Grant actually at first because I wasn't, I hadn't produced, I wasn't, my milk hadn't come in. Yeah, it takes so, sometimes um, a few days. Right. Um, but they were so incredibly helpful in that respect because I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know how to pump. I, I mean, you get a pump and you're like, okay, cool. I'll figure this out later. Um, yeah. But anytime I asked for a lactation consultant, they were there. And they, that's wonderful. Yeah. I don't think I met one that I didn't like. So that was really fortunate. That's good. They're really helpful, especially, you know, it, it is your first time pumping. You think like, oh, okay, I just like put this on, but you need to like measure the flange and get your suction right. And there's that whole thing. So yeah, I'm glad you had that resource. Yeah. Um, what was postpartum like with him? Um, I had a lot. I had some different side effects postpartum than I did with Grant with Spencer than I did with Grant. Um, I guess because I was induced, I had a lot of swelling postpartum that took a long time to go away. Um, it was very painful on my feet actually for a while. It took like two weeks for that swelling to go down. Oh, okay. Um, the healing process was about the same. Um, I had a lot of residual back pain, um, a lot of soreness, but it was different. And that like, it was fast trauma (laughs) instead of slow trauma. Yeah. Um, so like I had a lot of lower back pain rather than pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, I'm trying to think the healing itself was pretty pretty similar as far as, but the, the, the biggest thing I remember was the swelling. Yeah. Um, and then I remember the doctor saying, well, that's probably because of the Pitocin, honestly, um, and having to be induced in your, you know, they put, we give you fluids and that sort of thing. And so, but I don't, I didn't have any swelling with Grant. I mean, I wasn't induced with Grant either. So. Okay. Um, so in terms of mental health, did you have any of the same kind of symptoms or treatments there? Um, symptoms? No, I feel it's wild. I felt like everything was everything I had envisioned it to be with Grant. It was, I mean, I, it was blissful almost like I enjoyed everything about postpartum with Spencer. I enjoyed maternity leave. I enjoyed I mean, granted, I mean, I was still tired and sore and I was leaking from every place (laughs) imaginable, but I was happy. I was really happy. And, um, I think, I mean, I was, I had, I was still seeing a therapist. I still am seeing the therapist. And I mean, I, I think that that helped drastically. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hate that I didn't get that experience with Grant. I really, really do it. It makes me really sad to think about how, um, how in my head I was about it all. Um, but Spencer's, my postpartum time with Spencer was just eons, eons happier. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm so glad to hear you got that experience. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the experience that everybody talks about. Right. And that's, yeah. that's, that's the goal. Yeah. It's the goal. And yeah. It was wonderful. yeah. So it's been a little while now. Have you guys considered having any more children? Oh yeah. Um, but there's been no decisions made. Okay. Still in the cards. It's still in the car. It's still in the cards. I think, you know, my life plan was two children, mm-hmm. but after Spencer, I had so much fun in the yeah. first year with Spencer. Um, I will say with the pandemic, it, it, there were certain things like we didn't get to see as much family during that first year as I wanted to. So, and that support system wasn't there. Yeah. like I wanted it to be. So that sucked, but I think back and I'm like, God, I would do it again. I would do it. <laughs> so it. easy to think about when you're detached from it just a little bit. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, my husband's usually like, but do you remember like how, <laughs> how much you complain about your back hurting you? And do you remember how much you complained and were mad at me for sleeping when you had to get up and breastfeed. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. But it's TBD. <laughs> so coming out of it, what would you say has changed you um, either physically or mentally for the better? Physically, obviously our bodies go through so much physical change. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even touch on this, but just the body acceptance that I've gone through with two children have, have been incredible. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing mentally, I think I've become a lot stronger Mm. and I've discovered that I'm a lot more capable than I give myself credit for. Um, and that it's okay to ask for help and that I don't have to just quote unquote, power through, because that's what I thought a lot of this postpartum anxiety and depression I was going to have to do with a lot of, it was just like, well, it's just, it's hormones. Right. So it'll even out eventually, like, I won't be like this all the time. Yeah. Um, but understanding and accepting that that's not how it has to be. Yeah. And, um, and that like, I'm actually kind of badass for saying, for saying that and saying like, I, I need help and it's okay to need help. And life doesn't have to be miserable. Yeah. It, you know, it can be really joyful if you just let it, um, who'd have yeah. thunk, you know, <laughs> that's so empowering. I think when you, when you come to that realization that, you know, you may not be able to change things on your own, but you can still do these things for yourself. You can make things better um, just, just by using your words. And I'm not saying it's not hard to get there because it's hard to get to that place. It's really, really hard to get to that place. And I struggle still with that sometimes, but yes, I think asking for help, knowing that like not downplaying your Mm -hmm. emotions and your feelings. I think that was another thing is I kept thinking, well, this isn't that bad. People have it so much worse. I need to be thankful that I have a healthy baby and, Mm -hmm. and that like my pregnancy was easy and, you know, but no, like I'm really going through things and I need to, um, and they're valid and they're valid and to acknowledge that. Um, so I would say I've, yeah, ultimately I feel a lot stronger um, and empowered. That's so good to hear. Um, what would you say was a low point for you? Hmm. A low point. Um, uh, I mean, I had a lot of low points, so it's hard to sort of choose just one, but when it's 2 a.m. in the morning and you can't get your baby to stop crying and you were so tired when I am, when I was so tired and I remember thinking, did I just make the biggest mistake of my life by having this child? Mm-hmm. That was probably my lowest point. Yeah. That, uh, it, I think that's really common to to question that. I, that that's a fair question at 2 a.m. 
because you yeah. did just make a huge decision. Right. And obviously it was the best decision I have ever made, but yeah. um, having to sort of grapple with that was a thought that entered my brain that, <laughs> you know, I don't know it, it, and just feeling so depleted and like there was no end in sight, um, like that this would never end was, it's, it's pretty dark pretty and, and yeah. I, um, I read a study a little while back that talked about the kinds of dark thoughts that, that come into your brain. You know, it's, it's pretty common to think things like that. And even, you know, things are quite a bit more disturbing. Um, and the interesting thing that I saw about it was that it, it can actually be a sign of good parenting um, because having those thoughts and recognizing that they are bad and mm -hmm. that you're uncomfortable with them is part of your built-in protection mechanism for how you're going to keep your baby safe. Yeah. Um, so it, it's actually kind of a good thing if you want to put it that way. So as weird as it is, um, it, it's kind of nice to be able to look at it from that out, outside perspective, um, especially on the back end and be like, hey, my, my brain was trying to take care of things. Yeah. yeah. I get that. That's a very... I like that perspective <laughs> because the other perspective is that like, wow, you, you really thought that thing. <laughs> yeah. You really thought that thing. But I mean, the intrusive thoughts are real. I mean, yeah. I have a lot of really dark, bad intrusive thoughts that I, mm -hmm. I mean, that I'm ashamed about. Yeah. Um, but I'm learning are so common and so normal. And that it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad parent. It's just you're sleep deprived and your hormones are raging. And um, you might feel really isolated and alone, which was a lot of the feeling I, I was having. So, um, yeah. I do, I do just want to say just for anybody listening to this who is maybe having these thoughts and wrestling with it, it's not something you want to let go on. Um, if the intrusive thoughts are becoming too frequent um, or you're starting to feel less repulsed by them, um, definitely speak up, get some help because um, that, that can be a sign of more severe postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you say would be the number one thing that you would want other moms to take away from your stories? I think we already talked about it a little bit, but it's not being afraid to ask for help and not just, and I don't mean just like calling your mom mm -hmm. and have her bring over the casserole or hold the baby. I mean, call your doctor. If you, if, if you are going through these hormone changes, which are normal for postpartum. Mm -hmm. I mean, the baby blues are what, I mean, I think everybody goes through, Yeah. but if you are just not feeling right about it, um, and they go on for longer than they should, it's okay. Just call it. Don't minimize it. Um, that's what I want people to take away that, um, and it's not just everybody talks about postpartum depression, which I do think I dealt with a little bit, Mm -hmm. but anxiety is a huge, huge, um, yes. thing, an issue that women deal with new moms deal with that is just not often discussed. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is if there's anybody that's not a new mom, but maybe a support person, a grandmother, a mother, a sister, a husband, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, um, be aware, be aware of what those signs and, and symptoms are and don't be afraid to talk to your, to your spouse, to your, yeah. the new mom about it. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times I know, well, when I talked to my husband about it, he started noticing it a lot sooner than I did. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's pretty common too, is that that support person will notice those things. Mm -hmm. Um, earlier than the actual mother will. So to be aware. Yeah. 
it can be really isolating, I think, going through that sometimes. And so just to have someone else come to you and say, hey, how are you doing? I've noticed these things can really kind of help you get out of, you know, that exclusive hole that you're in um, mm -hmm. and possibly, you know, relieve those thoughts or definitely get you on the right path to get help. Right. Right. So um, that would be the biggest takeaway. I don't, I, I would hate to hear, like, I just hate to hear that mothers are suffering when they don't have to, Yeah. when they can be talking to somebody or taking a medication um, that would help them feel better. Yeah. Um, because these are, while they are hard times to have young children, they are the happiest of times. Yeah. So, um, it's important to feel that too. It's important to feel that happiness and joy. Yeah. You owe yourself that joy. Yeah. You earned it. Yeah. Shoot, gave birth. <laughs> so. All right. Is there anything else that you want to share that we didn't cover? I don't think so. I think we mailed, I think we, we covered it. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for, uh, for coming on and sharing so much. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Normal Birth Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or are interested in being on the show, please send me an email to normalbirthpod at gmail.com.